Greetings and salutations, DMs, GMs, referees, judges, game operations, directors, and all other varieties of storytellers. This is your DM, Scott, and your DM, Bill, and I am Lou. And it's time for another DM Quick Tip. Hey, Bill and Scott, how you guys doing tonight? Hey, Lou, what time did you get here? Oh, <laughs> We've been waiting forever for you. I feel like I just walked in. Let me have a sip. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. I'm feeling like you just walked in, too. <laughs> wow. I hope those are okay for you guys. They are. Thank you. Well, this is a DM quick tip, but we're all, all together again. And we're all together again for this DM quick tip because we got a letter an email yeah no I, 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 I think i think a letter is probably closer than the email this one's well it was a it was a long one yeah, well yeah longer than usual and we we do get them occasionally but this is a juicy one this it is from is. one of our listeners so the the end of course is what should i do right that's the yeah that's yep. the end mm. of uh, end of the letter so this is this is what it uh what it says dear dungeon masters dojo that's us oh okay okay thank you i've been playing in a game with someone who is gming for the first time we need more gms we need more especially first time guys yep the game has been running for several months now and he's been doing a good job that's great to hear congratulations recently he allowed my character to have a bag of holding shenanigans ensued my gm warned me that i better come up with a good plan if i want to get away with my loot At the beginning of our most recent session, my GM openly mocked me for not knowing how a bag of holding worked. When, in fact, I did because I had the DMG open in front of me. I set about my plan without telling him what it was. Time was running short, and he allowed my character to escape with the loot. Afterwards, I explained my plan. The GM disagreed with how the bag of holding worked. I let him know that the item that he was describing was Heward's handy haversack. I then told him my contingency plan was to pierce the bag, effectively destroying the item, and scattering the contents on the astral plane, as it is written in the DMG. He disagreed, saying the contents would scatter at the location we were in, and declared that he was overruling how the item worked, as God. Not as a new GM with several months' experience, but as God. What should I do? Ooh, that's a big one. Huh? A big Let's one. we're gonna have to dissect this. It's like biology class, mm, and we got a like onion, like onion. We gotta take this one layers. apart in layers, layers. Um, so let's let's start with um, let's start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. That that is awesome. You got a new GM. It's awesome. Your group is um is a receptive, you know, to having yes. having a new GM. And kudos for this GM for jumping in there and, and taking on this. It's a big job. It could be daunting. It could be daunting. Um, he's been running or she's been running for several months now and doing a good job. Excellent to hear. Support your DM. Give them encouragement. It's really important to kind of keep them wanting to show up. And, well, yeah, and encouragement's really, really important, especially in the beginning. Uh, later on, um, uh, gifts of uh, food and beverages, and then when you get around my age, just simple money works Tribute, well. yeah, or, yeah, just, or is uh, it Geritol? Tithing, <laughs> tithing, too. yes. Tithing of a $20 bill and a brand new bottle of Mucilex. Yes, that's uh, 
So if you're ever at Bill's table, I mean, it's pretty easy. Uh, go, go to the gerontology aisle of CVS. Glucosamine goes a long ways. <laughs> Recently allowed my character to have a bag of holding. Shenanigans ensued. Um, good I'm, plan. I'm assuming a, uh, a roguish type class. That's what I'm gathering. That's what I'm gathering. Um, a rogue type yeah. class. Shenanigans ensued and I need to get away with my loot. Yes. Uh, definitely roguey. Yep. Um, and... Well, shenanigans, of course, uh, imply a rogue. But if you're not a rogue, well, a little shenanigans, pretty much anybody can do that at the gaming table, right? I know that guy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> He's a clown. <laughs> a superheroic clown. Long story. Long story. Yep. Uh, this is where I I start to be like, oh, no, this this is terrible. At the beginning of our most recent session, my GM openly mocked me for not knowing how a bag of holding worked. Um, mocking's not cool. Mocking's not cool. Yeah. Um, if and if you're going to you're going to question something, do so in, for lack of a better term, a professional or kindly worded uh, um, manner. Possibly um, pull the person aside. Yeah. And, and as opposed to doing it across the table, uh, openly mocking means it was probably across the gaming table. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's what I what I gathered. As a as a DM, you are not expected to know everything. Correct. Right. So that's or you shouldn't be expected to know everything. That that that's a well, standard. That's a high standard to hold yourself to, uh, and it could lead to burnout. And an unpleasant GM experience for you, the GM, and for your your players. So, GMs, nobody should expect you to know everything about everything in D&D. You don't have to know all the rules and how everything works. But you can ask, and you should mm -hmm. ask, okay, how does that work again? And and move on from there. But the mocking. Yeah, I, I'm not big on the mocking. Um, and chances are pretty good. When someone has a magic item, they have the what it does, its effects, its durations, um, everything to go along with that. They already have it other transferred onto their character sheet for easy reference. A maybe a magic item flashcard, or they have the book open to it. Yeah, as he stated, and, he did. And especially when you look over and you see a DMG in front of your player. Yeah, chances are pretty good they're quoting the DMG. Lou, can you can you pull up um, on D and D Beyond? Is that something you can do and and let us know? He's our tech guy. He can do it, anything. How it works? Uh, no, not right no, not that site. This is a family show. Oops, I, <laughs> you weren't supposed to see. But that. she looked like she took good care of herself. <laughs> Send me that link. It's on its way. Thank you. Sometimes I have to test my blood pressure medicine. But, because, and I want to say it, I, I may be wrong because as a DM, I certainly don't know uh, all the rules backwards and forwards. I'm actually probably the worst rules person at this table right now. <laughs> but uh, Hewitt's Handy Haversack and Bag of Holding are similar. Correct. But different. But, but there, yeah, there's there's quite a difference. That looks like a, a purse my mom's friend had back in the 70s. The bag, the bag of holding there. She was kind of a hippie. 
Yeah, it's got the tassels. All you need is a couple of beads, and yeah. yeah, you're you're right there. I think it was the tassels that threw Lou off, and that's why he went to that first website uh, <laughs> accidentally. So the bag bag has an interior space considerably larger than its outside dimensions. Basically, it's a TARDIS, roughly two <laughs> feet in diameter at the mouth and four feet deep. The bag can hold up to 500 pounds, not exceeding a volume of 64 cubic feet. The bag weighs 15 pounds, regardless of its contents. Retrieving an item from the bag requires an action. Okay, fairly simple. If the bag is overloaded, pierced, or torn, and this, this comes up in the, uh, in the letter we received, yep. it ruptures and is destroyed. So it breaks. It's no longer any good. You can't use it. And its contents are scattered in the astral plane. Yeah, you're you're correct. If the bag is turned inside out, its contents spill forth unharmed. But the bag must be put right before it can be used again. You got You got to turn it. What is it? Right side in. Right side, side in. in. Instead of got? inside out. Yeah. Breathing creatures inside the bag can survive up to a number of minutes equal to ten. Divided by the number of creatures, minimum one minute. After which time they begin to suffocate. Yeah, so don't, uh, don't do the Paris Hilton thing with your bag of holding and put your <laughs> little yip-yip dog in there. Placing a bag of holding inside an extra-dimensional space created by a handy haversack, portable hole, or similar item instantly destroys both items and opens a gate to the astral plane. The gate originates where the one item was placed inside the other. Any creature within 10 feet of the gate is sucked through it to a random location on the astral plane. The gate then closes. The gate is one way only and can't be reopened. So, yeah, you got to catch a flight back to the prime material plane, which is going to be really costly. Okay, so. They charge for baggage, too. Physical physical and emotional. (laughs) So it sounds like he was right. It sounds like he was right. What's yeah. this Heward's Handy Haversack look like? Or, yeah, Heward's, right? Yes. H-E-W-A-R-D apostrophe S. Heward made a lot of stuff, huh? He's got a handy spice pouch. I had one of those back in the 80s. <laughs> so For your oregano. For, yeah. <laughs> the Handy Haversack. Uh, it's a backpack, has a central pouch and two side pouches, each of which is an extra-dimensional space. Each side pouch can hold up to 20 pounds of material, not exceeding a volume of two cubic feet. The large central pouch can hold up to eight cubic feet or 80 pounds of material. The backpack always weighs five pounds regardless of its contents. Placing an object in the haversack follows the normal rules for interacting with objects. Retrieving an item from the haversack requires you to use an action when you reach into the haversack for a specific item, the item is always magically on top. The haversack has a few limitations. If it is overloaded or if a sharp object pierces it or tears it, the haversack ruptures and is destroyed. If the haversack is destroyed, its contents are lost forever, although an artifact always turns up again somewhere. If the haversack is turned inside out, its contents spill forth unharmed and the haversack must be put right before it can be used again. Somewhat similar. Somewhat? Yeah. If a breathing creature is placed within the haversack, the creature could survive for up to 10 minutes, after which time it begins to suffocate. 
placing the haversack inside another extra dimensional space by a bag of holding, portable hole, or similar item instantly destroys both items and opens a gate to the astral plane, just like it did with the uh, bag of holding. I think the only big difference I've seen between the two of those is the bag of holding does not really state how you get your items out, whether or not you can summon an item where the haversack does state it's that it, you it's always on top. It doesn't say that with the bag of holding. So it doesn't really, I guess that is the one thing that could probably, you know, possibly be interpreted by your game master, whether or not it works like the haversack and it's always on top or whether or not you have to dig through layers. Um, I see that as probably the only interpretable uh, point. And, and uh, in neither one of those would, um, drop the contents right then and there if you pierced it. When it's destroyed, yes. Yeah, one is destroyed, the other one ends up in the astral plane. Now, I, I have a question. Yes. So just piercing this bag yep. will rupture it and yes. suck everything through it, right? Yeah. So me as a DM, what I would have did is something is a little different. Instead Do of saying, tell. I would have made the person make some strength rolls because he has to put his hand inside to rupture it, correct? Yes. So it's going to suck everything into... Well, you can rupture it from the outside, but it has a pretty high DC. Right. But if you're going on the inside, because yep. that's why they tell you not to put anything sharp inside of it. Right. So instead, I'm just saying, instead of mocking somebody and saying it doesn't work that way, I would have did rules as, as they're being stated, yep. that if you're piercing it, if your hand is inside and you're piercing the bag... It's going to suck. Okay, rules is written. Where does it say that it has to be pierced from the inside? It, no, I'm saying rules written, but I'm saying if yeah. you're piercing it from the inside. If you're piercing it from the inside, inside yes. it's so... You, you would know, have been, to make a strength because yeah. you would be drawn into the astral plane that's as well. That's my point. Oh, yeah, that's, I can see that. That's what I would have done. Um, I would not have... I would have chosen my words a little bit more carefully um, and not openly mock somebody, number one. Yep. Um, that just leads to a little bit of animosity. It does. It sends a message to the other players at the table, too. It's... It, it it says okay well, you know from from my viewpoint, uh, I could be the next player to get that that kind of treatment at the table, and, yes. and I would you know I would be questioning whether or not it was the right table for me to be at. From my viewpoint, it's adversarial at that moment. It it, it is, and one of the things I, I've said this before, I'm I'm pretty sure on on the podcast is. Everybody sitting at the table is a player, even the dungeon master. Yeah, you've mentioned that once or twice. The The role the dungeon master has is, is different than the role the players have, but you can't, as a dungeon master, you can't run a game if you have no players at your table, right? And it's hard to run a game with a bunch of players and no dungeon masters. So, so y'all, like, need each other. Well, to that point, uh, the dungeon master, whether you're playing a you know a character or NPCs, um, you are a contributor, not a dic- you know you're not dictating what's going on. You're contributing. It, it, exactly. It's not a narrative. So I think now um, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. For I was a about to do the same thing. It sounds like he's been running for months. He's been doing very well, uh, and he even said he's doing a good job. Allowed him to make a plan. What's the chances he just had a bad day? Yeah, or he he wasn't entirely familiar. I mean, everybody's everybody's had those those days where work was an absolute nightmare. 
right? And yep. you didn't get enough sleep and maybe you just didn't have the prep time that you, you normally have. Or in my case, maybe I prepped just a little bit too much. Yep. Yeah. And, and that could be, that, that could be it too. It's like, with that being said, I'm taking another sip. If so, you get my drift. Yeah. That's something. It, 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 it it, it seems like the game master that evening may have been a little off his game. Which happens and to all of us. And you could have been frustrated that. with nothing, not necessarily with the table, the players, or anything like that, but just like the players go in there with their barbarian and all of a sudden they're going to release all the rage that they've been in dealing with in real life, occasionally your game master may do the same thing. I think this is something that perhaps maybe the player needs to directly contact the game master, let him know that he's um, not questioning him, but, okay, were you off a little bit that night? I mean, I literally have the book in front of me. And if the rules are going to be interpreted um, differently each and every time, is this a homebrew world or are we actually running in, you know, are we running canon? I think, and this is my opinion, if... If I'm running a game and if I give Bill an item, you're in I trouble. Well, I should at least know what that item does. And if this I wanted true. to act differently, I'm going to tell you ahead of time. There you go. That should be stipulated it's then. Just, it's just like in the games that I, I run on Wednesdays, along with um, the, the other guys that we rotate through, we need to know what we're doing, what we're giving away. And when I, when I give items away, I already have a plan why people have those items. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So, I mean, just don't give an item because it looks cool. Yeah, or um, the or the player asked for it. Yeah, at least if, if I that, would love to have one of these. Yeah, and if you do, at least just read over it a little bit. And if you have questions, you know, you can talk. Say, hey guys, I'm not sure how this works. Let's you, talk it over. Give before. me a second. Yeah, because I guarantee if your player is asking for it, he has a plan. Yeah. Yep. He's wanted. He wants that for a reason. That's why he asked for it. Yep. And so be wary because your player has a plan. And if you don't know what that plan is, then ask. And if you aren't sure, then don't give it away. Exactly. Well, it sounds like the player asked for it. It sounds like, right? yes. Be- because he said, um, recently he allowed my character to have a bag of holding. So it doesn't appear as though from the letter that it was found in like a He was allowed to have. So right. it, it varies very, I would interpret that Hundred percent, as it, it was asked for. So one of one of one of the things from a, a DM standpoint is uh, don't don't do that, <laughs> right? Because yeah. if you're stocking your adventure, I'm hoping, right? If you're stocking your adventure, I'm hoping you're looking at okay, what am I going to put in there? What does it do? Is it going to do something? Like if it falls in the wrong hands, yeah. and there's <laughs> There's a couple people at our gaming table yep. who, when you stock your adventure, you you have to think, is what if this falls in Tom's hands? What is he going to do with it? Some shit that I'm not going to expect. Right. Um, or, or Lou. I'm not even going to comment. I'm glad I'm so mundane and predictable. <laughs> So you just can't put anything in your hands. Um, so that's that's something that you know you have to really you have to really do your research on. It's knowing your players too. 
Yes. It sounds it sounds like he asked for it for a reason because he had some sort of idea of what he was going to do with it in advance, and uh, the GM gave it to him. And and that's not to cast dispersions on on the the GM, right? No. These are all these are all opportunities to. When you're brand new, you're going to make mistakes. Shit, when you've been running games for 40 years, you're going to make mistakes. There's just no <laughs> avoiding it. Yeah. Um, so these are all like like learning experiences, I think, uh, in in the case. But I would I would say really like mocking, not cool. You know, granted, he he may have or she may have had a bad a bad day because we all we all get that. Um, now, now the other thing, the referring to yourself as, as God, I've, and we, we talked about this a little, a a little bit. It's like, I've had a couple, I've had a couple DMs, GMs, game operations, whatever, whatever you want to call them (laughs) that would refer to themselves as God at, at, at the table. And I just, you know, it was one of those things that. There's a few things that I find like annoying. Like yeah. when people say, Hey man, I appreciate you. I don't want to hear that. It's I appreciate it. Thanks. I don't yeah. want to hear any of that any of that stuff. <laughs> that and when when a GM refers to himself as as God. That's why I have a metal set of dice in my dice tackle box. In the event I run across that. I just want to fling all of them <laughs> at at the person at the head of it. Is just that why you borrowed one of my files so you can sharpen what, all the edges? To be you, you, you think the D four is sharp to begin with, <laughs> but this is like a ninja weapon now. But it's just one of those one of those things. It's you're not God. Um, your decision at the gaming table is final, and. But there's there's better there's better ways better to, terminology. Yeah, yeah, there is. No, I I've oftenly told people pick up that sheet of piece of paper in front of you and take a look at it, front and back, multiple pages if necessary. That is you. Everything about that is you. You need to embrace every single line, every character, every skill, every task, every appearance, everything on that sheet. That's you. The rest of the universe is me. Now, I'm presenting the monsters, I'm presenting the magic, I'm presenting the NPCs, um, I'm the one that wrote the scenario, and we together are going to tell a story. But I'm going to present the bullet points necessary to keep that story moving forward, and everything that goes along with it. Now, does that make you a god? No. Um, By no means. Even if you're playing one. I think that... I just think that the terminology was um, poorly put forward, and I'm hoping this was just a one-off, just a a bad day, um, overly tired, had an argument with someone at work or home, um, came home and found that the cat shit in your hat, something that just set you off, and it's just kind of creeping and stewing in the back of your head, and... That's how it came out, and I would I would think that it 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 probably did. You know, you want to give you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, 
running a game is a huge responsibility, especially if you're a new a new DM. It could be very daunting, very intimidating. For the DMs out there, you you don't have to know everything about the game. It's, That's why there's books. Yeah. I was just gonna say the same thing. <laughs> it's not necessary. Yeah. There's there's times where at at my game and I've played through every every single iteration of D and D since Chainmail. Amen, brother. I've been with you, <laughs> and I I've never known the rules backwards and forwards. The one the one rule set that I knew really well was uh, two. Yep, uh, because I I was playing that for like thirty years, so I better. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, and <laughs> and there were times and I wasn't as good, I wasn't as good as it, at it as is is Bill, but I could I could tell you where to find the information down to the page page number for for the a big chunk of of two and two point five. Bill could quote you like. He could quote the rules of two like I could quote Wrath of Con lines, but <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the I I still didn't know everything. Right. And with all these books that are out there, it's you shouldn't be expected to know everything. If you do know everything, you're some sort of savant or listen, you need you need to go out and and hold someone's hand. I don't care, boy, girl, whatever. <laughs> And have a good time. Go have dinner or something like that. See a movie. Engage with engage with you because you're spending too much time on D and D. If too you much. know all the rules, other than that, or you're just you're a savant and way way smarter <laughs> than me. So I think it boils down to all right. Give your game master a little bit of leeway. Yeah, cut him some slack. He's a person too. Yeah, he's a person, yeah, he's a person, a person. too. You know, perhaps that's what happened. If it's still bothering you. Talk to your game master. You yeah, know, make a phone call. Yeah, independently. And just say, hey, listen, this is what happened, and it's kind of bothering me. Yeah, I think it was a little little messed up, you right. know. And and you know what? From from what you said, he may not or she may not realize that that's how it came out. Yeah. It's possible. And that's a question from a listener. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.